Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions this afternoon coming from sunny Aurora, Colorado. It was 18 degrees when I drove home after service last night. It's in the 40s right now, and we would be happy if we didn't get any more snow this year. And you might be happy with us. <laughs> 303-690-3000. That's the number to call when you want to get on the air uh, with me with a question or prayer request. You can also text me. I see texts are already coming in. 720-336-0897. And uh, this is the, co- the show where we talk about life and we answer questions from the Bible. We really do believe that the Bible is God's source. It's his only singular God-breathed inspired source of knowledge for us on how to live, how to relate to him, how to relate to others, and uh, that we are unapologetic in following the Bible. Um, but we're also compassionate and uh, caring and like we not trying we don't have a pr- point to prove. We're not trying to prove a point, uh, but rather have a dialogue and a discussion about what God's doing, what what is his heart, can we discern where he is, what what what, what does he desire as our creator. Uh, so give us a call, uh, 303-690-3000. I want to welcome everyone listening on the Race, Radio by Grace Network. Uh, you guys are listening live along with Grace FM here up and down the front range. You guys are live, welcome. Um, I want to also welcome everyone on Hope FM and Truth FM, radio, Higher Rock Radio, uh, and other stations, and of course our live audience, um, anyone streaming this through Grace FM is also live, uh, and we're working on uh, you know some uh, we're getting the technology in order to go live on the other stations as the Lord allows. It's a little more than just technology; it's also people. And uh, again, I always like to remind you that these radio stations are owned by churches. So, as you well know, a part of your church family, uh, the limitations in churches are typically resources and people. Uh, And so you can just pray for your station. You can support it financially wherever you're listening to this. Um, You can be a strong, regular supporter of Christian Radio. 303-690-3000. Let's go right to the phone lines right here in Aurora. Chris, welcome to the program. Hey, welcome. Uh, Hey. I want to just kind of do what you've done for me and encourage okay. me to um, keep going and stay mm. strong and just want to let you know what you do makes an impact um, it definitely changed my life I was through probably the darkest time of my life um, to the point of might might take it um, wow. and this show, has really encouraged me to get through the dark side, and God has blessed me so tremendously 
recently. And um, so I hope these words are a little encouraging to you in case you feel like in a rut or whatnot. But please, please mm-hmm. keep up the good work. And I just uh, want you to know that you have made an impact recently, and I appreciate you. Hey, man. Thank you so much, Chris. I'm so glad you're alive and you got through that dark time. And, man, it's uh, super encouraging to hear this. Thank you so much. All right. God bless. All right. Bye-bye. Wow. You know, we've been getting a series of super encouraging notes and feedback uh, on uh, radio sta- on the radio show, on Calvary Live, on Abounding Grace. And so I know that for every person that would connect with us, that probably represents, you know, so many more that don't connect. So I, uh, for those of you that pray for us, those of you that God used radio to get you through a dark time or Bible study. I even had a burden today as we pray before the show starts. I had a burden to pray for those of you that are first-time listeners. It reminded me of when I was a first-time Christian radio listener. I really couldn't believe my ears or just in general that I was listening to Christian radio, uh, having you know been saved out of heavy metal rock and <clears throat> just the crudeness of AM radio and all that. And I remember back in the day, uh, I was saved in 1991. It was just maybe the last year of a man by the name of Walter Martin. He had a Bible program on in the afternoon that was entitled uh, The Bible Answer Man, I think. Later, Hank Hanegraaff took uh, that the lead in that. And then later on, Hank Hanegraaff really completely flipped his theology around. But I remember... What a significant tool uh, that show was in learning how to answer, uh, just learn. I I mean, I think not only was I learning Bible answers back in the day, you know, it was primitive uh, prior to the Internet. And by the way, just give me a call, 303-690-3000 and text me, 720-336-0897. But there was pre-Internet, so if you wanted something uh, answered, you would would, uh, write them a letter or call them. And then they would send you uh, copies of their articles, uh, like photocopies of their articles. And they actually, I was still living in Southern Cal back then. You could drive down to, I think he was in San Juan Capistrano, and you could drive down to the to the to their studio in their warehouse where you ordered books and things. And I just remember what an impact radio made in my life. And back then, Bible teaching through cassettes and then CDs. Now, of course, we have radio. We have uh, YouTube, we have apps where we're delivering the same content, but different ways. And I, I want to let Chris, as he shares with us the impact that it made in his life, you know, that, that I always like to remind our church, and I want to remind you as a part of our radio audience, that we is the language of ministry. So that, that encouragement from Chris is for all of us that are a part of the Christian community, and specifically the team that helps broadcast uh, all the people behind the scenes, right? I might be the voice, I might be the mouth, but there's so many more, the hands, the feet, the internal organs. There's so many more people behind the scenes that will get equal or even greater credit at the Bema seat as we have done this together. And I would even say, especially those of you that have financially supported or prayed for this station, uh, you have, Chris, as an answer to your prayers. Um, or the brother that called yesterday um, from prison. He called from jail 
Um, he literally called from jail. I think he had, I, I think he had a five minute phone call, and he used it to call the show yesterday. If you were listening, uh, so keep praying. It's not the end; it's just the beginning. You know, everybody, a lot of people go, "Oh, radio's over." Let's go to YouTube. Go to YouTube. No, radio's not over, and you can go to YouTube, uh, but radio's not over, and uh, it is a tool that goes places uh, that is they're still free, and this particular band, right? What you're listening to is commercial free. Uh, we're non-commercial stations. And so at all that, um, welcome. 303-690-3000. Still in Aurora here. We're going to go to line three. Brandy, welcome to the program. Hey, Brandy, are you with us? I am. Okay. You're on the air. To request prayer for myself and my family, we've been having a hard time since um, September. Lots of jobs, um, on the verge of losing everything, and I've been, mm. you know, moving closer to Christ on a daily basis. But I just would like to ask for prayer. Okay, you know, ask God to show me what His will is for me in this time. Father, you hear the the heart of your daughter and. The last couple of years have, have been hard enough without the pandemic, without the changes and the rules and the losses, and it's been extremely, extremely challenging and hard, and especially for Brandy and her family. So I pray for her. I pray that you would uh, help her and lead her. I was thinking, uh, this verse keeps ringing in my ears, that a man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. So I just pray for that leading and direction into Brandy's life, uh, that that it is it is true that you lead and guide us. It is true that you help and aid us. It is true that you heal and comfort us. And I pray those into the life of Brandy and her family so that we could hear a phone call not too long from now hearing how you answered this prayer and what direction and strength and comfort you extended to this family. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Call us back, Brandy, and let us know how it's going, okay? I will. All right, bye-bye. You know, everyone listening in uh, that has had a couple hard years, yes, you, yes, I want to validate that in your life. It has been hard, even for believers. Imagine if it's with the hope and strength you have in the Lord, where your eyes are on the Lord. If it's been hard for you, can you imagine how hard it's been for those that have no hope and don't know Christ and have been living in rebellion and so it's just been hard all the way around. It's been challenging. Uh, people that we've looked to and institutions that we've looked to in the past have uh, have made errors, and it's confusing. Um, you know, I was thinking about uh, you know even with the with the pandemic. You know, for for the most part, COVID right now is is mild for most people, but for some people, it's not. Um, and even if it's not the virus, all the decisions made, all the lockdowns, people out of work, not wanting to work. Um, can't find work, you know, on and on the list goes. These are real, everything gets lumped into uh, categories and causes and narratives, and we miss the person. So I want you to remember as you're listening, I want you to remember um, all those numbers, you know, when it says mental health issues uh, because of COVID or challenges because of COVID or finance. When you hear that, I want you to remember it. those numbers, thousands, hundreds of thousands, and on and on, they have names. And they have lives like Brandy and her family that probably has next-door neighbors 
Like these are real people. And so as believers, please don't lose the empathy and compassion that comes from knowing Christ. Don't lose the the excitement of being saved so that now the natural response like Andrew of being saved is you want to tell other people about Jesus. Uh, and remember, Brandy, and, and anyone next to you, I think of Judy. We've been praying for Judy. I know she's very ill. I uh, got an update. On our, it's our own Judy uh, who answers the phones as a volunteer for us here at the church, and, and her health is failing, and um, it's getting harder and harder. And so if you're listening, Judy, we love you. Uh, and uh, same with you, Joman. Uh, same with you, Zach. Same with you, Marlon. Uh, same with you, Joe, up on the island in San Juan. Um, same with you, Steve in Utah, who had to pause his church for a couple weeks. You know, on and on the list goes, right? People, people, people. 303-690-3000. Uh, or you can text me at 720-336-0897. Here's a question. Can you please explain what the Apocrypha is all about? Well, uh, you may have been in, introduced to the Apocrypha through Roman Catholic Bibles and a few Protestant Bibles. Uh, their books, the word Apocrypha literally means hidden. And these books uh, are <clears throat> books that were written uh, in the time period between the end of Malachi and the beginning of Matthew, those 400 years of silence. And these books uh, are included in the Catholic Bible because they're required to fulfill some really weird doctrines that aren't in the Bible, um, but they're in, the, in one of the books of the Apocrypha. Um, the Apocryphal books teach a lot of things that are not true and also are not historically accurate. The Apocrypha, and there's another category of books called the Deuterocanonical books, uh, even another phrase if you want to be fancy about it, the Pseudepigrapha books, uh, but they are not inspired. Um, one of the reasons why they're not inspired is that God would not inspire error uh, or wrong, and um, the the books weren't even added to the Roman Catholic um, Bible until, I think, the Council of Trent uh, in the 1500s. Uh, and, you know, they have to have them in there because uh, praying for the dead, petitioning saints in heaven, worshiping angels, um, giving money so you can have your sins forgiven, all, all doctrines that have been in and out of the Roman Catholic uh, religious system. Um, they're not in the Bible. That's that you can't, you can't affirm those in the Bible. You have to either appeal to tradition or to the Apocrypha. So that's a summary. If you want more information, you can email me. Uh, I can send you some things, ed at edtaylor.org, and just remind me of what you're asking, and I'll do my best to turn that email around right away. 303-690-3000. Let's go where we, Denver, Colorado. Caesar, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. Hi. Um, I'm not good with words, so I'm doing my best. Um, okay. In Deuteronomy 12.5, to twelve fourteen, is he talking about Jesus? Is God, is Moses talking about Jesus uh, coming from one of the 12 tribes when he says, I'll put my name among the 12 tribes? Yeah, I'm looking, I'm reading through, I'm going back up through verses 1 through 4 to get the context. 
Um, picking up in five, you shall seek the place where the Lord Yahweh, your God, chooses out of all your tribes to put his name for his dwelling place, and there you shall go. Um, just a simple reading of it. That That's not prophetic toward Messiah. Um, it's speaking directly toward Yahweh in verse five. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Bless you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Uh, taking your calls and your questions. A text came through. Great message last night. Keep telling the truth. Thank you. We're studying through the book of Genesis. We just started looking at the 24-hour literal days of creation last night on our Wednesday study. It's kind of a light turnout because of this ice and snow, but light turnout, big turnout, doesn't matter to me. Everybody that shows up uh, is our church, and I love it, love it, love it. Last night, the Lord really laid upon my heart to change it up a little bit and open up the pulpit for testimony, but not any testimony. I felt like as I was praying, because we pray together as a church family, you know, large family coming together in small groups. I was praying, and uh, in my prayer time with the group, I just felt this impression that there was someone in the room that had a feeling or a sense or whatever, however, that they wanted, they had something happen this week, and they wanted to share it last night. Those two things. So I open it up uh, to the group, and that there was a brother, Stephen. He gets up, shares his testimony. He was unequally yoked in business, got out of it. Uh, his bank account was minus $400, but then the Lord came through, sold a trailer. It was great. It was a great testimony of God's faithfulness. Then I'm like, well, you know what? I think there's someone else. Uh, and I, 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 and I, you know, so much so that this took uh, my teaching time, right? So I had had to change my teaching up a little bit, but I, I'm going to obey the Lord, right? I'm not going to press through and I have my teaching time. So I'm like, no, there's someone else. So I open it up again and there's another brother. He gets up and he comes and he shares how just this week uh, there was uh, this, you know, they're reconciling with his ex and looks like they're working toward uh, getting remarried. Uh, but then they've been living together and then they've been sinning together because they're not married. And and there was a decision made on Tuesday of this week that said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to move out. I'm going to be an honorable man. I'm going to honor uh, my girlfriend, my fiance. I'm going to move out. And he also had testified. This is all online if you want to watch it, so it's not private. Uh, he looked us in the eye and shared this. This is victory, right? Because you overcome when you by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. So as he's sharing, again, give me a call while I'm talking. Uh, lines are wide open, 303-690-3000. While he's sharing, he pulls out a, uh, his phone uh, from his pocket, and he shows it to the church, and he says, uh, you know, I have I've have a past with internet pornography, and uh, and I'm I have swapped my phones to this flip phone, uh, and he was proud of it and encouraged and uh, gave his testimony. It was great, and and then I came up to finish, or I was already on the stage to finish, and I asked him to see the phone again, and uh, and I so I hold it I held it up to the church and to the camera, and I said, look, this is what a flip phone looks like, and we all ha ha ha. But I I said, but here's what it looks like biblically. Jesus said, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. And he wasn't talking about all of us walking into church with no hands. He was talking about radically doing, de- dealing radical, dealing radically with radical sin. And so I, I used that flip phone as an illustration for everyone there that says, look, we got a brother here that this is what he is obeying Jesus here. He's like, I don't even want the temptation in my pocket. And it was a great testimony. God had a word... And I'm waiting, because usually like these times, there'll be a follow-up, 
where someone comes back and says, that was for me. So I'm waiting to hear that. But the testimony time was great. Uh, It was wonderful and just led by the Lord. So good. And we're studying Genesis. Uh, I'd encourage you, download our app here at Calvary Church. Just go to your app store, put in my name, Ed Taylor, and the app will pop up. And we'll stay in touch with you. I had another testimony. Again, we're waiting for calls, So, but but I'm a pastor, so we could talk all day. But had a brother come up after service last night just sharing with me, and this is the second or third time this week as well. It says, I just, Pastor Ed, thank you for those daily, simple encouragements that come on the app. And uh, I, I input from my notes, my teaching notes, I edit them and input uh, a, little, a little notification that comes out every morning except for Sundays at 8 a.m. And it's just an encouragement and they get pre-scheduled, right? So I can do a lot. I can do a batch at one time and then the, the, the app lets you schedule them and they show up every morning at 8 a.m. Uh, and so he was just telling me his story of all the things that's been going on in his life lately, do- job change and such, and, and just how each day this, these little updates were encouraging to him. So like today's, uh, the one that went out today uh, encouraged me. Actually, I was reading it. Uh, and it was uh, never forget that his grace is sufficient for your every need, your every weakness, your every deficiency. It's all him and we get to abide. And so God just reminded me to trust him with some of the things that are going on. Got a lot of decisions to make, a lot of things going on at the church, a lot of leadership. Praise God, my uh, home life is great. My wife's great, kids, but but at church right now, a lot of decisions. God's doing a new thing right now. and um, But the invitation just this morning was just, just from the word, abide. I get to abide so I can rest in him. And if I'm really a part of the church that Jesus is building, then I can trust him, right? And that's <clears throat> you could say the same thing for you. If you're really a son or a daughter of, of God, then you can trust him. He's going to take care of you because he promised to take care of you. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions or text me 720-336-0897. All right, here's a text question that came in. Uh, these text questions uh, come in. You can also use this text number as a prayer line. We have it open 24 hours, seven days a week. You can leave your prayer request there and we pass them on to our prayer teams here. 720-336-0897. Doesn't matter what station you're listening to uh, and doesn't matter what state you're in. It works anywhere. Uh, and so here is the uh, text question. I was sitting with a group of ladies discussing the Bible and someone commented how much Jeremiah twenty nine eleven means to her. Then another one comment, that's not for us to claim. It's for Israelites. She said certain promises are made to God's chosen people. Other promises are for us. I've never heard it put that way. Uh, can you explain this to me? So, so there's truth. There's truth to what that person said, both of those. And then there's, let's expand it a little bit so we can get the fullness of the uh, statement. So there is a context to every passage of Scripture. So there is a specific audience uh, to every passage of Scripture. And in that audience, uh, that, that is who the promise is for, right? So that, that makes sense. That's true. And when you come to Jeremiah 29, 11, uh, it says that I know the thoughts I think towards you, uh, says the Lord. Um, 
thoughts of peace and not of evil, uh, to give you a future and a hope. And, and so that is a promise to the children of Israel in uh, exile. God is, is encouraging them, wanting them to know that uh, he is with them, that he hasn't forgotten them or abandoned them, even though it's very hard uh, and difficult for them right now. That's great. Now, how does, does that apply to believers today? Well, absolutely. Um, as a matter of fact, I think it applies to believers today in even a greater way. And you say, but why, Ed? Well, because this is a promise of God's character, and God's character doesn't change. And what you and I have today in the new covenant in Christ is even greater. So think of it this way. If God said there's a plan and purpose for his people that are loyal to him and committed to him, even in the midst of difficulty, that he has a purpose, uh, he has thoughts of peace, he has thoughts not of evil, uh, he has a future and a hope for his followers in the old covenant, then it must follow that he has a plan and purpose for his followers and believers in the new covenant in even a greater way. So while it is true, Jeremiah 29, 11 is a promise specific to a specific group of people, yes, the principle or the application of the promise, can we extend that out? Yes, we can, because God not only loves us like he did the children of Israel in exile, but how much more in Christ does he love us? And how much more does he have a plan and a purpose that he has revealed to us? You can read Revelation. There's a plan and purpose for those that rebel, and there's a plan and purpose for those that love Jesus. So, so yeah, you know, if you take it, if you step back, for example, if, if you say, well, the, the promises of the land, the physical land of Israel, are those promises for you and I today? No, they're not. The, the physical boundaries, the land of Israel's promise to the Jews, the, those that are coming back, uh, those that he'll call back are Jewish. There is a distinct people group there. However, the promise of the land by application is ours in the new heaven and the new earth. So you're right. There is a specific context to the promise. And then once we get that context, that interpretation, then we have to ask ourselves, is there any application Sometimes there is when God's character and nature is revealed, and sometimes there's not. Um, that There's a big part of that, of how much the old covenant, how much the old co- covenant laws apply to us. You know, again, a big one that uh, is very hotly debated today is, is do Christians that are grafted in to the vine have to keep the Sabbath? And the answer is no. The Sabbath is not for new covenant believers, not in the sense as it was for the old covenant believers. So I know that it still leaves a little fogginess, perhaps, in the initial uh, answer, but both your friends in the group had some truth to it and some not truth to it, um, but nobody really said anything unorthodox. Um, promises to Israel are to Israel. Promises to the church are to the church. However, there are other pr- promises that relate to the character and nature of God that universally appeal, uh, like the call to salvation is for anyone. Um, in the old covenant, there was a process by faith. The new covenant, there's a process by faith. But anyone can come to God by faith and believe in him and receive the forgiveness of their sins. So hope that helped. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, we're coming up here <clears throat> very quickly. 
on our first and only break of the program. Uh, and we'll, as soon as we come back from the break, Brandy in New Orleans, uh, we'll get you on the air. And then we've got two open lines. Grab them while you can. The text line is always wide open. If you want to be on the air with me, 303-690-3000. Or if you want to text me, 720-336-0897. And you're listening to Calvary Live, coming to you live from the studios here at Grace FM in Aurora, Colorado, but aired on Radio by Grace Network, on the Hope FM Network, on the Truth FM Network. A shout out to our friends in Idaho and all around the world, live streaming through gracefm.com. You hear the music? We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to today's program. Glad that you joined us. If you're just tuning in, this is Calvary Live, a live call-in program uh, where we talk about life and things pertaining to godliness in Christ Jesus. You're listening live on the Radio Radio by Grace Network. You're also listening live on Grace FM and gracefm.com. And everyone else, you're hearing it one week delayed, but what that means is you get to call in while the show is on. We'll talk to you, answer your questions, then you can listen in the following week to hear yourself on the radio, which I think is pretty cool. And it works really well. Give me a call, 303-690-3000, where we have uh, Brandy in New Orleans waiting on the line. Brandy, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. Okay, oh, you're welcome. So, What's going uh, on? My question is: I was trying to articulate it the best as, the best I could was, okay. and yeah, in the book of Genesis, um, you know, with all the plagues and not even just limiting it to the plagues, where God, you know, animals are killed and people um, are stoned to death, which seems kind of brutal in, yeah. in in a sense. I don't have a chapter or a verse. Um, I just actually tuned in on my way home from work. But I know I recently read this in Genesis where, you know, the plagues, the hail, the, everything, you know, everything is killed. Every Everything that had life in its, in, in you know, breath in its lungs. Life, you yes. know what I mean? I do. It yeah, I, this, like, is, wow, this is a common... It's really a, a very common concern uh, that that people have, including you, with the Bible and how God's described. And and you know, we can talk through philosophically, like like being able to back up and and talk some things through. First of all, um, death will come to every human and every animal eventually, <clears throat> and the reason why death comes is because of sin. And so we we need to recognize that no one's going to live forever. Uh, no animal, no human being. Death will come to all men and all animals and even all plant life and trees. Anything that's alive will die because the wages of sin is death. So with that in mind, what we're watching is God the Creator in the various times in your uh, in Scripture that we're reading of this. I, let's think of the flood, for example. You know, the global flood um, resulted in a lot of death um, across the board. Um, 
And, and, and as we consider that, we're thinking, well, how unfair or how unjust or just how wrong or harsh or any of the feelings that we would have that would be, be valid concerns with what we're reading. But what we're reading really, and this is in its most simplest form, is a hastening of what's going to happen already. Uh, and, and only God, as the creator, has the real, true, just, and righteous authority to, to take life or give life. All right? we, we, we're given life by God. And, you know, we're, we're happy with that decision, but we certainly aren't happy when life is taken. Um, and again, I'm talking in real simple language here because we have other doctrines back there, the sovereignty of God, the, the free will of man. We have all kinds of doctrines that are back here, but just on a basic level, everyone's going to die in, anyway uh, at some point in time. So what we're experiencing here, it seems it's like, man, it's indiscriminate or it's untimely or, but, but when you think of it from the, the reality of the consequence of sin in general, that everyone is going to die and you think of it in the timing of it all. And that, although I can't answer it in its completeness, right? I don't have, I don't have the right answer to say it in its completeness, except to say that I do know that God is righteous, just holy. I do know that when I, of things that I haven't liked in life, things that have hurt me personally, things that I feel are offensive or unjust, uh, I know that when I stand before God, I'm going to agree with him in exactly what he did, how he did it, and when he did it, because I'm going to have the knowledge that he has, right? I, if I only knew what God knew, then I would be content with what God did. But I, I don't have that full knowledge, so I have this angst in me, or I have this, man, I, I don't like this death, or I don't like this judgment. It seems unfair, and it seems wrong. And you know, by our own measurements, yeah, yeah. I, I guess we could make that conclusion, but we know that it's not. Thank you. So what are your thoughts? I, you know, what are your I, thoughts I was just on that? kind of wondering, just when I read the Old Testament, I was like, dang, some things sound just so like wow like like he, like he wasn't sovereign in in the Genesis time or in the Old Testament time you know with the stoning yep. and this person's to be put to death and this person's to be put to death but you know just reading it I was like wow that's that's it just sounds harsh and I could never reading it just I had a hard time like understanding God's grasp grasping his sovereignty if that makes any sense it does make sense and i think when we approach these things we have if it's possible just to help us you know i was i was just putting a study together today and i was looking at isaiah 55 where it says that god's ways are not man's ways his thoughts are not our thoughts and and that's true and and so to help us navigate through these things that are in the unknown the mysteries of god we first of all have to lean back on the things that we do know about God. Like there are a few things we don't know, but we've got to lean on the things that we do know and have experienced and know, you know, the clarity of scriptures. But then on a question like this, let's, let's make sure that we take both sides of the coin. So the one side of the coin that you and I just talked about was, man, this looks bad. This is hard to fathom. This is hard to receive. This is, I don't understand it fully. It seems unfair. But what's the flip side of the coin? The flip side of the coin is, man, what a gracious God that would entrust life to us. How gracious God would be to keep us breathing, 
to, to be patient in his judgment, that he doesn't bring judgment on the world right now. Uh, that that we're, you and I are alive talking about this. We know everyone that experienced in the Bible what we described, you know, let's just say wiping out cities and complete families, you know, the wickedness of the Amalekites or the Philistines or on and on, the whole global flood and the wickedness and evil of man. The, the fact is, is all of those people, they now understand the fullness of why they experience death. Um, they know the judgment of God or not. You know, they know now. You and I don't because we're not in the presence of God. But all those people already know. But for you and I, you know, we're living under the grace of God. I mean, if you think about it, why aren't you and I, uh, why are you and I still alive? Like, what do we do so that makes us so special that we get to, that we get to live? Um, and, you know, how we answer that question would also kind of shade, put put some light on the shade of, where we are when we approach God, because I think that I'm alive today just by the grace of God, and I owe my life to God, and I'm committed to living for Him um, until He takes me home. Thank you, Pastor. That was an amazing answer. Thank you. Like, really, that's a that's a, a great um, I don't know, a great eye opening way of of just trying to understand that you know His His grace now. I guess comparing now. To then, and I mean, you're absolutely right. His grace is amazing. You know, we are. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that answer. Yeah, it's so good. It was so encouraging. Thanks for calling. Bless you guys in New Orleans. All right. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. You know, I was thinking too. Uh, just popped in my mind. I'm sorry that I, that we hung up, but I was just thinking uh, as well. By the time we flash forward in a new, into the new covenant. With that question, we also need to take it into the new covenant and really ask, wow, why would God allow his own son to die a torturous death? You know, because that is is a very similar question than what we see, what we just asked. And the the spotlight now is no longer on those that deserved it. But then the spotlight in the new covenant is now shined upon someone who didn't deserve it, God in human flesh. And you can see that even death is an instrument for God to use to accomplish his purposes. And even death cannot stop God from accomplishing what he has for the earth today and what he has for us today. And to think of us being alive and even getting the privilege of talking about this is only by the grace of God. So good. All right, let's move on back to Colorado now, Wheat Ridge, Colorado. Joseph, welcome to the program. Uh, hello, Pastor Taylor. Good to hear your voice. Hey, what's up? So, you know, the Bible says that um, King David is a man after our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's own heart. How does yes. that translate into, what does that mean? Because, you know, we can read the Bible about King David and see his... Uh, life, I mean, the way he died, you know, you know, killing uh, uh, Bathsheba, Bathsheba's husband and, you know, other mistakes he made, but what does that mean? How does that translate into, you know, words? What, what oh, that's a great question. What about David that made him a man after his own heart? Well, there's a couple things that we can think about. First of all, there's a principle here that we don't want to lose, we don't want to uh, just skip over, and that principle is, while you look at a man's outward behavior, there is something that there can even man's with all of man's outward behavior, there can be a real sincere love of God still 
with a man that's troubled or troubling with his behavior, right? Because David, David, we see a lot of what's revealed in David uh, by his by his sinful behavior. Um, and you know, anyone reading a simple um, <clears throat> understanding of David's life could step back and go, "Wow, um, this is a man that has failed greatly." Um, but we know that God's ass- assessment. And I was thinking of this back to in the beginning when Samuel comes to choose David. Remember, God rebukes him or really corrects him when he says, no, don't look at his stature, at his older brother, remember? He says, don't you look at him outwardly because man looks on the outward, but God looks at the heart. And we're we're very influenced by the outward. We are very easily make snap judgments by the outward. But David immediately can tell us that even though you have outward failures, there can still be outward failures with an inward loyalty toward God. And so let's think about some of the characteristics that could make David um, a, a man after God's heart. He was a kind man, uh, and he shows kindness. You know, you think of uh, his, minister, his friendship with Nathan. You think of his love for, Meth, Meth, I can't say his name, Mephibosheth. Um, not only David was a, was a man of his word, um, his the banner of his life was he, he you know he could live out the new covenant that his yes was yes and his no was no. Um, David was gracious. Uh, he he was he gave you know you think of he was merciful uh, too. You know let's add that because remember when he could have wiped Saul out, um, he didn't. Uh, he was a man of faith while he was on the run. And, and you know, Pastor Bob uh, Claycamp, one of the guys on our team here, was doing some uh, discipleship with us yesterday as the pastors. And and he said something the way of, of Saul and David that I never really thought of it this way before. But he said, the you know, of all that Saul was doing in chasing David, that he basically stole uh, all of, the, of David's 20s, all of his years, all of his 20s from him. Like he lost all of his 20s being on the run from King Saul. Remember that time he could have killed King Saul? He didn't. He was honorable to God and also honorable to the king, even though the king wanted to kill him. Um, And so there were a lot of characteristics in David, even though he did have great sinful failures. um, He was a lot of characteristics inside of him as in his character and in his commitment to the Lord that the assessment, I mean, it's, it's a bold assessment, isn't it? You know, David, yeah. I know you, there are a lot of failures. I know you, I mean, there's some big ones, not small ones, big ones, murder, deceit, lie, <laughs> adultery. Um, at the end of the day, the assessment of God for David was that guy, his heart was loyal to me. Yeah, basically, he said, God, God loves us, but he said, I like him. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it, too. And, you know, it doesn't mean that, and, and sometimes we'll misunderstand that in our humanity and think, well... I guess if David could be a man after God's own heart and still make radical sinful choices, then I can be a man after God's heart and make sinful radical choices. And and certainly we can if we want to make really bad sinful decisions. But the other part of David's life is, man, it he he suffered greatly because of his sin. He wrecked yes, his family. Like there are a lot of consequences from sin in his life and and so permission, like Paul would later say, you know, should we sin so grace may abound? Certainly not. And let's just stick to having a heart loyal to God and avoiding sin. 
Thank you, Pastor Taylor. I do have another question, but I know you have other callers. I can call back another week or another day, but thank you, Pastor Taylor. Okay, bless you. Bye-bye. All right, 303-690-3000. That was a good question um, because we can look at the Bible, right, and be inspired by these men. And one of the things about the veracity or the truthfulness of the Bible is God does not overlook the failures of the people he's chosen to use, which encourages you, doesn't it? Doesn't it encourage you? It encourages me so that when Paul would write to the Corinthians that God uses the foolish things of the world, I qualify for that. I qualify. I'm not seminary educated. I barely graduated high school. I was a pastor for 15 years before I got my Bible college degree. Uh, I'm not well-educated. I, I don't have a clean life. I made many, many sinful mistakes that I regret after I was born again. Obviously, I continue to sin. I'm not a perfect man, but I am foolish, and God could use me so that I won't glory in his presence. I won't say, of course God should make me a pastor. No, he shouldn't. There's nothing that qualifies me to be in the pastorate. It's God's grace and his sovereign choice. And 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 then you turn that around, right? And what does it mean for you? Well, if God can use someone like me, then God can use someone like you. And I don't want you to step back and go, well, you know, Ed, um, you... You know, you you belong in the pulpit. I don't think I could ever do that. Well, you know, you could never do that if you weren't called to do it. But who am I? I'm I'm just a guy that got saved, that God's working on and sanctifying. I'm like, there's nothing about me that makes me any more worthy of the pulpit than anyone else. Um, I'm there by the grace of God, and so my response is, I want to work hard so that I can be faithful to fulfill what God has called me to do, but don't let, you know, any pastor, you think of Chuck Swindoll, any, even though educated people, it doesn't matter. Education doesn't qualify a person. Uh, it doesn't matter. Or you, you know, you studious, it's, you don't want a guy that just was educated in the pulpit. You want a guy that's anointed and called and is fulfilling God's will for their lives. You want you want to be able to step back and go, man, God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And that's that. And so if God can use me, I'm going to tell you something. He could use you. Um, you know, where I grew up, um, you know, just I could go on and on, but it doesn't matter. It's all about the Lord. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, where are we? We are back in Thornton, the line three, Thornton, Colorado. Lottie, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi, Pastor Taylor. Thank you so much for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I want. I just want to give you, uh, just give God thanks and praise uh, for you for doing this show. Thank you so much. You are just authentic with us, and it gives us hope. I just wanted to tell you, thank you so much. I I thank God for 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 you. So, um, thank you. Um, You're welcome. But I, I had a question in regards to Matthew seven um, verses twenty one through twenty. Three, where God tells, yes. where Jesus tells, um, not every He says, "Lord, Lord, um, not everyone will come into heaven." And He says that even though that they did work for them, they said that they prophesied in His name, casted out demons in His name, and they did wonders in His name. But that He He tells them that that He's going. They said He says, "I never knew you. Depart from from me, you who practice practice lawlessness." I just yes. want to know. Where did they one? Where did they get the power 
to do that if they're doing it in his name and yes. why is it that they not they didn't know him and they're de- having So there's a couple there's a couple ways to look at this but let me let me help you uh, by asking a real simple question um, do you remember back in the old testament there was a man by the name of Balaam he was a prophet yeah. and he was riding a donkey remember that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that donkey stopped him and what it what what's so remarkable about that donkey he started to what speak to him yeah he talked to Balaam okay yeah. so let's so let's ask your same question but let's ask it about the donkey where did the donkey get the power to speak to Balaam through God that's correct to to God so now with that question it kind of relieves the pressure a little bit because God can use donkeys in his power. That's the only way the donkey could do it. Uh, we know in another place, God, Jesus says he could use rocks. And now here in Lou, or in Matthew chapter 7, he's using these people. So the power came from God. Nothing, no wonder um, in his name, casting out demons in his name. All of this came from God. And these guys did it in the name of God. And God met them there graciously, and he did that work. Why? Because he cares about people hearing his word. Because he cares about people being delivered of demons. And because God cares about wonders being done to draw attention to him. So all of it came from God. That's the answer number one. Number two is, there's obviously a disconnect in these people between them and God. How do we know that? Because when, when they're assessed in the last days, God sa- Jesus tells them, you know what? You guys were practicing lawlessness. You, you were pretending. You, you were not doing, you were doing it in my name, in word only. Uh, you, you, you weren't doing it out of relationship with me. You weren't doing it because you loved me. You weren't doing it because you were born again, because you cared about me. You had your own agenda, and your own agenda was actually lawlessness. And this group here, and so he says, he says, you, you can't, you, you, you did all kinds of activity, but you never had a relationship with me. And because of that, by the only way to, to enter into eternity with me is to have a relationship with me that you can have a lot of good deeds. You can even walk around. And so let's translate that today. You could put bumper stickers on your car. Jesus, honk if you love Jesus. You can buy a big Bible. You can attend church. You can put Christian t-shirts on and still never have a relationship with Jesus. And it's people like that that will be shocked at the judgment seat when they find out that they were all going through the motions outwardly and they really knew that they were not connected to God. That's what I think is described here. Okay. Okay, so lawlessness was just that. Um, it wasn't that personal relationship. So, I mean, how does one, how does a Christian know that they have an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ then? Yeah, I think that there's an internal witness of the Holy Spirit. I think that there is a clarity of motive. I mean, I, I just talking to you right now, uh, you know, I don't know you very well, but just talking to you right now, the way you're asking your questions, like it's, it sounds to me, just when I'm listening, that there's an authenticity about you because of the questions that you're asking. Um, there would be another person that could call this program and try to use the program and use all kinds of Christian language and try to use the audience and say things and do things to try to get to the audience with some weird teaching or they want to sell them something or some weird thing. 
Uh, and and so they'll call. And usually, if they get by the screener, you know, then they're really good at it. But usually, the screener will will be the producer will be able to get through it. But they could call the show and say, "I'm Lottie from Thornton, and and I'm a Christian, and I love God, and and I was just thinking, you know, like, and then you say some weird thing that stumbles people, and and you 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 call with the wrong, not you in particular, but someone calls with the wrong motive. Call like these people, they are not they they know they're disconnected from God. I mean, think about think about it this way. I think as believers, sometimes. You know, um, you come to church, but you don't really want to be there. That's a small feeling of these guys where they're in a church, but they're really not there at all. They're just there to take advantage of people. They're there to draw people to themselves. They're they're They know they're not living in a la-la land like they're surprised. Um, I can't believe it. I thought I was a Christian my whole life. And there's something about like somebody that practices lawlessness. They know that. And they do everything they can to hide it to others, but inside they know it. Okay, because I was because and it's I guess I understand that it was the powers from the Lord, but I was just thinking that I mean if you're not right, I mean if you're not right with God, if you don't have that the authenticity, how is it that the power of the Holy Spirit is not is not like if you don't have it, then how is it that God is doing? Even though I know God can do whatever what He wants. But I was just trying to figure out, like, how is it that that they have that power? Because I I hear miracles. They, they don't have that power. You know, they they don't have that power. That's the they answer. don't have the power. The Holy they Spirit. don't have they that just... power. You and I okay. don't have that power. All authority and power is given to Jesus Christ, and He extends it to and through whoever He wants. So let's say God in, used you and me uh, in a service on, uh, after, you know, let's say you were at service last night on Wednesday, you and I laid hands on your friend and a demon was cast out. Who had the power, you or me? Oh, neither one of us. It was through Jesus. Exactly. I mean, through the Holy Spirit, yeah. Yep. And so also in your thinking, I want you to think, I don't want you to think of these people like the casting out of demons only comes through people filled with the Holy Spirit. The casting out of demons is something God does sovereignly. Okay. He's the one. He, and just like a donkey talking, there is no reason whatsoever for a donkey to talk. But th- for the donkey to be an instrument in the hands of God, which God can choose, he can do that. I mean, a donkey's not even going to be saved. He's not going to be in heaven. He's not going to be saved. But he became an instrument in the hands of God. And these people, I mean, it speaks more to that. They, any good thing that ever came out of them was because God used them, because God cared more about the people they were trying to take advantage of than he cared about the the these liars here. Uh, and even these guys that were lying and living separate from God, he was convicting, bringing conviction in their life, and they just wouldn't listen all the way to the end. Okay, cool. Thank you so much for clarifying that. I, You're welcome. I, I, it's a great I mean, question. Thank you. Thank you. I have another question, but like the call before, I'll call back and I'll ask. Yeah, call back. Again. Call back. I'm going to yeah, finish the show so with much. a quick encouragement. Yeah. All right? Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, I got a text here. It's It seems a little desperate, uh, so I want to speak to that desperation. It says, please send us a word of encouragement for parents of prodigals. Um, and so let me just say, for you that are parents of prodigals, I believe Jesus loves you so much that in all of his teaching— 
he would reserve a chunk of time to reveal to you the parable of the prodigal son, which actually isn't about the prodigal son as much as it is about the love of the father. And the love that you have for your prodigals is very similar to the love that God has for you and me. And I believe Jesus sharing that testimony and that parable of the prodigal wants us to know that every true prodigal does come home. Every true prodigal does come home. I believe that Jesus is wanting us to see that it is hard for them, that he has people in their lives, to t- he's using circumstances and situations to get their attention, that they never ever stopped being a son or a daughter while they were away, that even the hurtful words and the things that were said were really not meant uh, in the depth of relationship. Uh, and every true prodigal, that means a true born-again uh, son or daughter, I believe will be brought back by the sovereign work of the Holy Spirit. And, and it's a very difficult season because of the rebellion and the hardship. And so, Lord, I pray for the parents of prodigals. It's very hard and challenging. And I pray for the prodigals themselves, that you would bring them to the end of themselves and bring them home. In Jesus' name, amen. So sorry. So just difficult. Um, very, very hard. Anything happening with other kids. I pray for you guys that lost kids too. Um, so hard. Thanks for joining me today. Be in church this weekend. Uh, here at Calvary, go to our website, calvaryco.church. Love you guys around the country, around the world. Be encouraged. Uh, grateful to be a very small part of the huge work that God's doing in your life. Till next time, God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.